This Rhythm and News podcast is brought to you by the Port of Seattle. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. The Seattle Black Firefighters are continuing their fight to save the Central Area property. And with me today to talk about this issue is retired Seattle firefighter Clarence Williams. Good morning, Clarence. Good morning, Chris B. How are you today? I'm doing good. And yourself? I'm well. Thank you for asking. That's good. Clarence, um, there is a group within the Black Firefighters that put your guys' Central Area property uh, up for sale, which you and other long-term members uh, are fighting in court right now. Um, first of all, uh, can you explain to our listening audience the background to how we got to where we are today as it relates to the situation? Oh, certainly. I'd be more than happy to. Uh, we bought this property back in, like, 1972, over 40 years ago, uh, as we were then working in active firefighters. And many of us have retired now, and we left the property in the hands of the local Seattle Black Firefighters Association. And without due notice to retired members and to its membership in general, uh, a few of the executive board members decided that they just no longer could afford the property or wanted it, and they decided that they were going to put it up for sale and give the money to scholarships throughout the community. We didn't think that that scholarships were great, but we didn't think that that was the best use of a property that has such a long time and historic value to our community. Uh, we bought the property so it can be a landmark and a museum for our history to house it there and to reach out to the community for its use, uh, not to be sold off. So we challenge uh, that decision uh, by the minority members of the organization and file a lawsuit in court to stop the sale of the property. And right now, uh, to date, we have had some success, uh, not total success because we still have a court date coming up. And the buyer who had offered and put up earnest money and wanted to buy the property for under market value, uh, he is now backed out because of the litigation uh, that's going forward. So I'll just right. that's the that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> right now, uh, this I understand that this lawsuit is currently under consideration in King County Superior Court. Correct? That is correct, King County Superior Court. All right, and you mentioned you guys had some things that were coming up. Uh, can you tell our listening audience about some of some of the important dates relating to this lawsuit that might be approaching? Uh, yes, we, on the 28th of this month, uh, the local chapter uh, had filed for a summary judgment, uh, meaning that they would like the court to not go to trial, just rule in their favor because they think they're right. Uh, 
We think they are all wrong, and we hope to prevail in the summary judgment on the 28th. If we do, that would be another big uh, step forward uh, toward the lawsuit, which won't happen until February, and I don't have the exact date right now. But the, it's set for trial in February of 2023. So we want to make sure that we maintain our presence in the lawsuit uh, until that time. And I might add that within the lawsuit, it's not just retired black firefighters. There are members who are active members of the organizations who are also part of the lawsuit because they felt that the property shouldn't be sold and they did not follow the right procedures in putting it up for sale. Right. Now, I understand um, that you guys are claiming, um, even within the lawsuit, that the decision was made without um, the vote, or I guess in a majority vote, of the actual um, active membership. Is that correct? Um, that's correct. And that their uh, statement has changed over the time since the lawsuit was filed. They first indicated that the board, the executive board, had voted to put the property up for sale. And then they later came in the property was put up for sale by the membership and said that uh, seven members was present at a meeting and they that was enough and they all voted. Well, some of the people who were supposedly at the meeting have signed affidavits and saying that they, there was no vote and that they did not put it up. So it's all entangled and he said, she said, and it's going to take the courts to make a decision as to what really happened. Right. Now, um, you all have a fundraiser coming up to help raise funds um, for this legal battle. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit as well? Oh, you're absolutely right, and that's one of the key ingredients. Uh, attorney fees are accumulating, and in these kinds of cases that goes to court takes a lot of time and efforts and depositions and stuff like that, so it's costing a lot of money. So we want to allow and let people know exactly what's happening with this property that we felt that we feel is very valuable uh, to the community. We're having a fundraiser at the Royal X Square Club, the newly remodeled Royal X Square Club on Rainier Avenue South. And it's only $25 uh, per person to get into this event. And if people cannot attend the event, there are several ways that they can make donations, and we have a GoFundMe page and all kinds of ways, a ticket leaf, that they can make a donation uh, to the cause, which would be greatly uh, and greatly appreciated because it takes a lot of funds. We know that because we have gone to the United States Supreme Court under with Lim Howell, and we won a lawsuit there, and we know what kind of funds it takes to be successful in winning. And so we want people to come out and help us save this property and donate uh, to this cause, which could stand for years and years if we are successful in saving uh, this property in the Central District. Right. Now, Clarence, I, I believe the Retired Black Firefighters Association um, is the organization that actually brought forth the lawsuit. Um, is that correct? That is, that is correct. It's, it's, all of us who have retired, we were still active in in doing things with the local chapter, and we still are, and using the building for meetings and things like that. And we certainly have a more vested interest in some of the newcomers who don't understand the history 
of the organization and some of the things it stood for. So, yes, it's retired black firefighters that's made up of uh, Fire Chief Claude Harris, who's the first black fire chief, uh, you know, Chief Don Taylor, uh, Robert Davis, uh, uh, and some people know those names, Roberta Jordan, and many, many others. And we certainly don't want to see our work be in vain and go down the drain uh, to another entity uh, because we decided not to step up and do what we can do to make sure that this property is reserved and saved. And I think the community will see a great value in this property once we are able to get all the legal stuff uh, squared out, squared away. Right, right. And, and, you know, and with that, I'm assuming that you guys are probably having to come out of your own pockets for some of these legal expenses um, to date. Um, And certainly, go ahead. Yeah, you're absolutely correct, and we've been assessing ourselves on a retired salary uh, funds to make sure uh, that we had the funds to put up to get our attorney and to keep it going. And uh, some people who have found out about it have been generous uh, to make donations, and we want to make sure that that word is uh, disseminated largely throughout the community. And whether you live in the community or not, I think it's a great cause to save the property that's been um, that we've purchased so long ago and the property is debt free there's no debt on it it's it's owned outright by uh, black firefighters and we don't want to sell it to give money to scholarships at this time we'll do a scholarship drive later on to help people go to college and get an education which is very important but we don't think we should liquidate our property that we own and that has a great value uh, to just give away scholarships. And then once the last scholarship is given out, then you have no property and you have no funds. So we don't think that that's a a shrewd investment, a way to use uh, the property nor the money. Right. And and Clarence, you know, this, as as people kind of peel back the layers and find out more about this, you know, it gets to be a little more um, disturbing or unsettling to say the least to so many people in the community who I've, uh, spoken to or spoken to me, I should say, uh, about this um, issue. And it's really one of those things where, you know, people um, ask, you know, who was involved, who made the decision, who was this and that, you know, and it, it really goes back to, um, you know, these things within organizations when you get um, new blood into these organizations making decisions that really don't have the connection to the community, you know, that especially like the previous um, generations of, of black firefighters and even some of the current uh, members uh, who aren't maybe aren't in leadership positions, but just the lack of connection um, to our community, the lack of connection to the, the history of Seattle and, and things like this happen. I mean, you know, and I don't want to, you know, really go in depth with this, but I do know there, you know, are some people who are involved in this decision making who don't have um you know, connections or strong connections to the community. Um, and I understand there's even one person uh, involved in this process who uh, is not of African-American descent. Um, you know, and, you know, people can do their own research and, and figure out who's who and what's what. But with that being said, you know, when you have stuff like this that takes place and you've got people who don't have those strong connections or may lack connections in our community, you know, how important is it to get the community support uh, in a uh, situation like this, particularly 
as it relates to supporting the organization that's attempting to save the property and the history and maintain the culture of uh, Black Seattle in the central area. Oh, I think, and thanks for that uh, background that you've done well researched on. And, and thanks again before I answer that uh, question for the article that the media newspaper has uh, boldly printed on the front page and very accurately stated our case. And if people need more information, I invite them to read the medium newspaper. It has really laid out succinctly uh, what the fight's about. Uh, yes, I think the community needs, uh, has been a great support to us over the years, ever since we started the organization back in uh, 1968. And as when the community is finding out that these kinds of things are happening, they have empathy, as we do, for the uh, younger firefighters who are coming on who are not steeped in the history of or what has gone on in the past. So if we forget our past, we are doomed to, to fail. So we need to make sure we understand our history, that what has gone on, and, and not just make a rash decision based on uh, uh, unfounded reasons, I, I would say. And so, yes, we certainly encourage the community to find out uh, there's, uh, you can email us and, and talk to us about uh, anything that you need to or want to gather more information that's uh, completely understandable. And I think once the community does understand what is being lost in, in this, uh, they will come out and support us, as they always have done over the past few, uh, few years. And I also like to say we're not adversarial. Uh, we don't want an adversarial relationship with the active uh, firefighters. It's only the few people who have made the decision who I think was unguided and unwise uh, because the Retired Black Firefighters Association was founded with the idea in mind that we wanted to be an advocate for those who are still working and for those who have not yet gotten a job to help bring on more African-Americans uh, to this uh, a glorious profession. So we still want to work with uh, our local organization and uh, recruit, help recruit and maintain uh, those who are there on the job. So we have a lot of work to do. We just need to make sure we have the property uh, uh, that we have long fought for uh, still available <clears throat> so that we can do our study programs there, our, our first aid programs and EMT programs out of that building like we've done in the past and let community people use it for whatever uh, uses they may have. So it's a lot of things that goes behind the scenes that we are very interested in maintaining. All right. Clarence, before you go, you mentioned a couple things about con how people can contact you, uh, like via email. Can you? I'm going to ask if you can give out that contact information, whether it's an email address or a phone number, uh, so people can, uh, you know, get more information about uh, what's going on, get more information about the upcoming fundraiser, or to reach out to you guys and find out how they can best support you. Uh, yes, uh, please email us at cwc123 at comcast.net. And uh, we'll be sure that we respond back to you and can perhaps send you some written information uh, regarding, you know, uh, our purpose and our goals and objectives. And you can always call at 206-919-686. Be happy to uh, answer your questions about ticket, ticket information, and uh, our website and our GoFundMe page and all of those kind of things. So we're here to provide any information that the community may find itself wishing uh, needing. 
All right. Clarence, I'm going to ask you to give that email address and phone number one more time in case somebody had to go get a pencil or pen. I hear you. Okay. Uh, it is CWC123 at Comcast.net. Uh, and we can be reached via phone at 206 919 And you can text to that number or leave a voicemail. All right. Well, Clarence, I want to thank you for joining us on today's show. Um, and thanks to you and the rest of the uh, retired firefighters and the current active firefighters, you know, who are really fighting to preserve uh, this landmark here in our community. Well, thank you for having us and continue uh, and continually supporting us in this cause. We appreciate that very much. Have a great weekend.